This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. So, Gordon, you ready for a little baseball, my friend? Sure, why not? I don't mean I don't mean we're going to talk about. I mean just your thoughts about you know spring training. Well, and, it's that time, right? The football yes. is now in the rear view. It's nice to have the Knicks prominent uh-huh. and hoping for big things when we get close to the playoffs. But you need something in the meantime, right? We're still uh-huh. in the heart of winter. Yes, you know when we get to March. March is supposed to be spring, but it's generally not spring. So it's nice to have a little baseball to kind of give you an idea. Yes, eventually it will be warm again. It'll be summer again, and uh-huh. and baseball will be back. Yes, yes. And I'm, and you know, as a Yankee fan, I think you're you know you got some positive things to look up this year. Well, that fan, <laughs> yeah, that's not not so much. But you know, we'll we'll see how the season plays out. I can't really go complaining to you about an off season that didn't. It felt it's like a New Year's resolution. The Yankee offseason. It started out really well. Mm-hmm. You go out and you get Juan. So, oh my God, they got Juan Soto. This is going to be the offseason where we settle family business. But much like New Year's resolutions, by the time you get to this part, they're, they're long gone. And it's mm-hmm. it's the Alex Verdugos and it's Marcus Stroman. It's a move here and a move there, and relying on guys who have been hurt in the past. So, uh, it's an important year. It's good to hear. Brian Cashman talk about the importance of having to win now, and it's important to hear Aaron Boone talk about where, where our mindset is to to win. But the 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 proof is in the pudding. Yeah, these are all things we've heard before. Yeah, it's true. And I, I brought up you know yesterday on the K show, mm-hmm. they were talking about Yankee fans uh, underwhelmed by Aaron Boone's comments to kind of kick off spring training and. And they were surprised by it. And Oh, you're just a hater if you're not excited to hear from the manager. We've heard all this before. And, yeah. and Aaron Boone, for, unfortunately for him, he's the face of the Yankee failures. When he came on board, the Yankees were coming off an appearance in the ALCS where they were one game seven. They were right up against it. It seemed like the, a new chapter in the Yankee, the, the next chapter in the Yankee dynasties with a lot of young players, and he was going to be the guy to come in and unlock all the potential of those players, not Joe Girardi. He's too hard on the mm-hmm. – Boone is going to be the – and now all those young guys are gone, and we're still waiting for the Yankees to get even back to the point where he came in. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting season, though. I th- uh, it should I th- be. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited it to be. see – I mean, Soto and Judge back-to-back is uh-huh. – that is, that is must-see TV. Absolutely. Every night. Every Every night. night. Every at bat. And that's the thing about Soto. He plays all the time. Uh He is always in the lineup. And I don't want to hear anything about the Yankees three games into the season. He needed a blow. (laughs) His legs were heavy, Larry. I, I I don't want to hear it. I trust Juan Soto more than I trust the Yankees. Uh huh. All right. It's going to be interesting. I'll give you a Met perspective, but I want to hear from Spike first. Okay. He's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? It's really funny. Good to get you back, Larry. So the stream works in a funny way on the station. So when you go to a, a heartbreak or a break, I catch the Sarasota station, and it says the Orioles are back for spring training games. And then the guy's talking. They just lost a good pitcher today with an injury. Anyway, real quick, uh, I listened to Christian Winfield, Ian Begley, and Brendan Brown. Uh, Begley does a – I don't know what it's called. He's got some tricky name to it. They did a 40-minute uh, 
break, all-star game break, and the condition of the uh, Knicks. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, Christian Winfield, he, he says, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask Tibbs all the time, but I get the same answer. Begley's pretty good on that, and it was good to hear Brendan Brown. I hope he gets back up on his feet, because I always enjoyed his uh, analysis. And, and they both came to the same conclusion. The, the Sims and Deuce will probably be spot players, but I don't agree with them. I think Tibbs will trim it down to nine, use eight, and then seven some nights. But the find in this whole thing is what do you do with the chewer? Do you, do you keep him down when Randall comes back to 15 or 18 minutes? Because he'll be, you know, this guy is a, a, a diamond in the rough. I didn't see a guy hit the boards like that in a long, long time. What do you guys think? I think he will play major minutes, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. I think he's still going to be around. I think he's going to be the first guy off the bench. And listen, with 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 Randall's shoulder, Gordon, there's going to be he's going to be on the pitch count. I would think time minutes wise, at least for one game, <laughs> at least for maybe two games or a game and a half. Um, well, and and so I think Achua has earned his right. And, and and if not, he'll just spell Hartenstein in the middle. What Achua has done is actually really impressive. It's not just his production. I think that he has become a Tibbs guy mm-hmm. in the middle of a season. It's not. This is not something that's developed over a training camp and then you get into the season and it it eventually turns out that way. It's almost like he's kind of been thrown in the fire and and he he has been up to the task and he's now become one of those Tib guys. You know, the tip you, you I'm pretty sure that they have a Sarah. It's like joining the mafia. Like they, they have a ceremony ahead of time and they, they take a card of a saint and they burn it in your hands. and You rub the ashes together and there's a bird in the window and all these type of things. They they prick your finger and then you become a, a full fledged tips guy. That's right. And a Chua now is a full fledged tips guy. Tips guy for life. But, tibbs yeah, guy you for never, life. It's like Hotel California. You never lose that title. Once That's you're right. a tips guy, you're always a tips guy forever, ever, ever and ever. And look, you in this day and age, guy. loyalty it comes and goes. There's no such thing as loyalty. It's good to know that there are still there's still loyalty when it comes to Tibbs guys. Because guy Tibbs appreciates what he puts guys through. Right? They play a bunch of minutes for him. He yells and screams at them. Uh, but he trusts them. And so once you get into that Tibbs circle of trust, mm-hmm. you you never leave. You never, ever leave. So uh, I hate to say this, Spike, but I think that Sims and uh, McBride, they're right. I don't see them getting a lot of playing time. Once they go forward and everybody's healthy, I don't see them getting a lot of playing time. McBride may be on the defensive situation, Gordon. You might try to bring him Maybe. in to cool somebody off. But I don't see Sims coming in. And and it's kind of a shame because in the minutes he's played, he showed you some things, Gordon. He's, he's, he hits the boards. He can... You know, he can block shots occasionally. He has to work on his footwork and whatnot. But you get that by playing. You know, you get that by playing. You can't practice that. that that's because everybody doesn't have the same move. So you have to, you know, understand and do your film work and understand where guys are going and stuff like that and know when you're going to play. And I'll give him credit. He always seems to be ready to go whenever they call on him because he, know, know, he never knows when he's going to play. Uh, so, you know, you, you've seen some things from the young man that you like. And I think he's a keeper. But, you know, we'll see. I don't see him getting a lot of minutes when we come down to the, to no, the postseason. No. He's not going to get a lot of minutes. In past Knicks seasons, he would be a guy that you'd want to see more of. But there's there's stakes this year, right? Yeah. When you were winning 20 games a year, you could you could afford to kind of develop him in time in the course of the season on the court. Mm-hmm. But 
That's not this this Nick year is 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 completely different. This year is you have expectations of where you finish in the standings deep into the playoffs and unfortunately it's not the time for development in games. It's not. But but the good thing is that he has produced in the moments yep. he's played so Absolutely. you kind of can see mm-hmm. hey, we got something we can work with here. He's done in the minutes he's had since the injuries, he was out a couple of games himself, but since he's been back, Gordon, he's 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 presented himself well to the fact that, okay, he's got some possibilities and, you know, at worst comes to worst, Gordon, he could, he's shown enough that you could package him in a trade if you're trying to get a bigger, you know, a bigger piece uh, during the offseason. That is a very good possibility, yeah. And, well, they, uh, but right now you got to hold on to him. <laughs> you you, you, know, you can't go anywhere yet. You're healthy, get in there. You, you can't go anywhere yet. Sit right down here, young fella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody could get hurt again. You, we need you in there. And and to be honest, Gordon, he's going to still get some playing time until uh, you know OG and Randall get back, mm-hmm. and, and they're not coming back anytime soon. It doesn't seem. No, I don't think I don't think you're going to see them till the end of next month. I really don't. I really don't. And I'm like, and I say this, Gordon, if I'm going to lose by 18, I would rather Brunson sat. <laughs> yeah, but that's the mindset, right? I mean, I, I completely agree with you um, that that probably would have been the better course of action, but that's just not. That's not Tibbs, and I don't think that's, that's Brunson. That's not Brunson either. He wants to no. play, and I understand mm-hmm. it. I really do. And, I, and as a Nick fan, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate that he wants to be out there. 1-800-919-3776. When I return, going we're going to hear from Francisco Lindor. He's got, he answers a question. Matter of fact, he answered two questions that I'm very curious to hear the answer of as a Met fan. And then we'll hear from Garrett Cole but most and Brian Cashman, but most importantly – a spring training edition of Answers with Aaron. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. We'll do that all next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. My has been the same since day one. I want to win. It goes back to what happens every single year, whether the house on top or in the bottom. We got to go out there and put it together and win, you know. It don't matter. Nobody was expecting the Diamondbacks, but I'm sure they were, you know. Probably not too many people were expecting the Rangers either, but I'm sure they were as well, you know. So that's kind of where, where every team is going to be in the same boat. It's not about the expectations outside. It's what you believe and what you think you can do. Francisco Lindor on what he expects from his Met team in 2024. It's Hardesty and Damer on ESPN New York tonight. One more from uh, Francisco. What are you on board with these? You know the game plan for the season for the Mets. Every year you climb the stairs. You know, yeah. For some people, it might seem like we're going backwards. I bought into the concept of a long-term deal. You know, I wasn't here here for one year, two years. So I keep on seeing that we are moving in the right direction. You know, yeah, we got we have changed people along the way, but I guess that's part of um, the process. So I'm full on board. I respect what they're doing and. I'm here to win, and I'm, I keep on seeing good things that we're heading in that direction. Gordon, he is uh, a very optimistic young man. He is saying what you want to hear your player say, and I understand that that's what he's selling. Yeah, we saw Arizona do it. We saw Texas do it. Absolutely right, Gordon. We did. But, Gordon, they this Met team – is not supposed to be one of the smaller market teams. No. This Met team is supposed to be a big-time team, especially with Steve Cohen when he took over. 
This is not the previous administration of Met folks. Okay, this is a new ownership. And he came in with a bang in the first two years. I get that he, I get that he made the move to cut bait last year. I understand it. I, I, I understand it. But because he did that, and I understood what Scherzer said, that they were going to be, you know, just take a step back and see what's going on with the minor league system and do some things. I got it. And Gordon, I would be, to be honest with you, I would be more on board with this team. Despite the fact that they really didn't do anything in the postseason, in, in the in the offseason. If I if they brought in a decent DH, and I know people are like, Larry, will you get off this DH thing? No, I'm not getting off of it. Because since he's taken over, they haven't had a DH. And now you're talking about Vientos and Beatty who were inconsistent last year, and you're going to put them at DH? Which, for me, if I've got young players, Gordon, I want them in the field. I don't want them DHing. I want them in the field. I want to see what they can do. I want them to build their, their you know, uh, confidence to handle the position. You're going to make Mark Vientos to full-time DH? And you would think DH sense. would be the easiest thing to find. Just give me a guy who goes out there and rakes. If you have unlimited resources, you should be able to fill that hole pretty quickly and they weren't able to fill that last year for sure. You were kind of hoping you'd be able to fill yeah. this. Uh, look, it's uh, he's doing the right. Francisco Lindor is saying all the right things. He's trying to be a leader and 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 presenting it as he's on board with the direction of the organization. Whether or not he's really on board with the, I'm sure he's disappointed that this year does not seem like it's lined up to be a playoff type year and the moves that they've made are. I don't know what other way to put it. They're just very disappointing moves. Uh, I think that when he came to the Mets and he signed his contract, he thought, okay, I'm the first piece, but I'm not going to be the last piece. Uh-huh. And and this year they've not added really any significant long-term pieces. They were in nope. on Yamamoto and they, they missed out on him. And that was pretty much it. It's, it's, um, it's Harrison Bader and it's Luis Severino and it's Joey Wendell and it's some relievers. It's not... It's not the offseason you would have thought from Steve Cohen. And no. it's one thing to say that uh, we're still going in the – no, you've changed directions. This is a complete 180. Now, now who knows? Maybe the young players, given the opportunity, you'll see, okay, this guy's a real keeper, this guy's not. You can kind of sort that out in the course of the season, and it will put you on a firmer footing moving forward. I do have faith that David Stearns is going to do a good job eventually – but there's no other way around it. This offseason for the Mets has been a major disappointment. And going into the – you can tell. Mets fans don't have any optimism mm-hmm. at all going yeah. into the season. Nope. Nope. How could you? What have they given you to be optimistic about? I don't know. You know, I mean, they brought a bunch of relievers in. I mean, I don't know if they're any good. We'll find out. Uh, the starting rotation, I mean, okay, I know Senga. You know, and it's not even like it's a young it, – it's, it's, a, it's a hodgepodge. It, you've, got, yeah. you've got a lot of guys who are win-now kind of players. And, look, if, if Mets fans were not happy with the offseason that they had, uh, I'm telling you right now, I think it's a very good possibility by the time we get to next season, Pete Alonso is not here. All the signs are there. I know. And, and I all know. you need to know, from what you know about David Stern's background in, in analytics and in numbers and in building an organization – does he seem like a guy who's going to drop 200 plus million dollars 
on a slugging first baseman no. who is 30 years old, right-handed, does not field the position well, does not hit for any average to speak of, does not is not fleet of foot. Is that someone you think that he's going to invest in just because you want him to invest in him? No. That's got to be a, that's got to be a Steve Cohen override. That's what that has to be, Gord. That's got to be a Steve Cohen override. Because I mean, from from if you just look at analytics, no, they're going to say is it's not what it's not what you want. No. Yeah, we love the power. We love what he can produce. Yeah, we do. It's great. It's great. But trending going forward, seven eight years, we're not going to we're not going to sign seven eight. We don't want him seven eight years. Right. What is he going to be like in six seven and eight? Yeah, that that's the other side of it, right? I mean, he he's not giving you any hometown dis- discounts. No. He went out and he hired Scott Boris. That's right. That tells you that there, not only is there not going to be a discount, it's going to be, uh, it's going to inflation has hit. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Scott Boris makes inflation hit early and often. Mm-hmm. Early and often, and I mean, Gordon, I'd rather you say to me. Starling Marte is going to be our DH. Mm-hmm. And we're going to bring the kids along and we'll fit them in. We're going to work them out in different positions. We'll see how it goes. Third base is open. I'd rather you tell me that, Gordon. I'd rather you say that than to tell me we're not getting a DH, we're not doing it, uh, and, oh, by the way, Vientos is going to be – who was hurt a lot last season. Yeah. I, well, I just, look, uh, they, tried to, they tried to switch it up last year. I can't say that I necessarily disagreed with them. It didn't seem like it was going anywhere. No. You tried to, to, to remake the, the farm system on the fly. We'll see how that actually turns out. But uh-huh. at least in, in theory, it seemed like the right approach. But this offseason, I don't see how any even, – even if you're an optimistic fan, there's no way you can feel good about the additions that you've made. No. Nope. Nope, I don't. Now, listen, once again – Maybe it's one of those, Gordon, that you talk about all the time. Well, I wasn't expecting anything, so right. this might be, really be mm-hmm. a fun season that, yeah. over at City Field. And, and if that, listen, I hope, I, Gordon, you, I sit here and for. I tell you, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a fun season. The kids are great, and Stearns looks like a genius, and I will sit here and I will apologize and say, you know what, I was wrong. But right now, I don't think I'm wrong, Gordon. I just don't think I'm wrong. No. I really don't. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Good evening, Larry GD. Shout out to the company. Wow, Larry, it, it sounds like you you suffer from a lot of scar tissue. You know, do, do, you know, do, and you know, I got. I just have to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, you're bringing you're, you're bringing Yamamoto. Is that how you're helping me out? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that 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 that's called a miracle uh, maker, and I'm not that. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so you can't help me. I'm sorry, sorry, Larry. But um, and the thing is, is you know, I'm not gonna, you know, be condescending and say, you know, you have scar tissue and you know, you just need to be positive and yada 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 and all of this stuff because we're fans and we know the history of our teams mm-hmm. and we kind of know the patterns and history doesn't often repeat but it often rhymes and when we kind of see these type of situations, you know, it's kind of why we do overreact and I can't wait for the you know long season of conversations with Darren. You know, and when Gordon breaks that down. But to my next point, um, my next point is is that this is the you know fallback from all the other trades that we did made, even from even the beginning of the season when we lost our depth with the top in trade, and then we had to regain it, and et cetera, et cetera, and all of that. 
So this is the road that we went down with. And like you said, Gordon, now the, you know, that young team that we, you know, were just okay and be complacent with because we were watching them develop. Now, since the stakes are higher because we made the trade and everybody's timeline is, you know, at the age of 27 to 31. So we got to kind of, you know, pretty much have a look at it and evaluate it from a different lens. It just sucks because now our depth is gone and the fact that we still don't have the fact that we're still not having these power firepower in these games and we're going to be so reliant on the guys coming back to even being hopefully 100% because, you know, it takes a couple of games to, you know, get back in game shape. It, 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 it creates a situation where, where, where it kind of sucks because, like like Alan said, you know, was that month of December the best the best the best basketball we've seen this year? And that, I hope it doesn't happen that way. I want to be positive and out and optimistic, you know, and hope that Randall and everybody comes back and really gives us a a playoff run to remember. And that's kind of you know where I want to be at. But it, it 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 does suck watching this basketball game with with these last four games and the injuries pile up and everything because it it, it does lend to the deeper question of, of, of the coaching and you know whether if, he, if Tibbs is the right guy and I know we we enjoy the winning and the culture that he brought in but the, the, it, it is it is it looks like it is kind of shaping up to be the same story with all the locations so we'll see hopefully I'm wrong have a great one guys all right Jose thanks for the phone call I I don't I don't I don't think and I might be wrong, Gordon, mm-hmm. but I don't see how Leon Rose and company would change direction with Tibbs at this point. No, no I, shot. I just don't see it. I don't no see No shot. I mean, the, the thing that we have talked about here has been finally some continuity, right, with the front office and your head coach and stuff like that. Now, once again, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Next year is his last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they could, they could, Gordon, they could dangle him. They could make him wait. They could see what happens this year and what happens next year. They can renew him in the middle of the season. They can renew him, make him work the whole off end of next year. They can, or they can renew him after this season. But he's still under contract for one more year. And it is going to be interesting to see how this team responds when the players get back. And that's, that's ultimately the only way you can judge him is when he has a full roster. How is he able to, uh, you know, navigate this team to what we've expected. The bar has already been set. So he, you know, the bar has been set by the month of January. That's what he is expected to be. Maybe not that great, but in that ballpark. And that, you know, that's, that's tough to do. Yeah. He has, he has built up a lot of credit Tibbs here. He was Leon Rose's choice walking in the door, a choice that a lot of us felt like was the wrong choice at the time, but it worked year one. Year two, it, it was a step back. I think that was mostly on the moves made by the front office. But okay, fine, you want to blame Tibbs for the step back. But then last year, not only getting to the playoffs, but winning a playoff series. I think what Leon wrote, I think it's clear what the Knicks front office and this regime have wanted to do. They wanted to put a baseline of production in place. And that, they know, will buy them time for the big move. And they have bought themselves time. Now, maybe the big move comes this offseason. And if that big move comes this offseason and then next year, for whatever reason, it doesn't fire. All right, maybe then you can have the conversation. But they're not, they're not changing any head coach 
based on what's happened so far. It would be crazy to do that. It would be. I mean, think of, really, in the Eastern Conference, what coaches would you rather have than mm. Tibbs? Yeah. You're I right. mean, obviously, Spolstra with Miami, you'd rather have him. Uh-huh. Uh, you'd, rather <laughs> have, you'd rather have Nick Nurse, maybe. Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. But Boston? No. no. Uh-uh. J.B. Bickerstaff? No. No. Milwaukee with Doc Rivers? I don't think so. No. Three and seven, by the way, after tonight's loss. Yeah. So he's he's right now. He's right there. So you got to ride him until you can't ride Absolutely. him anymore. Absolutely. And, and look, you've kind of built the team around Tibbs. You have. You have. You build him around the, the, the defensive intensity and priority mm-hmm. that he loves. Mm-hmm. That's what you've done. And again, if they make some big move for a superstar and it doesn't work next year, whenever that happens, that's a conversation for later. That ain't yeah. a conversation for now. The last thing they are doing, when, when the Knicks were changing coaches every two years, that is the, that is the height of instability. They yep. are not doing that now. Not at all. Not at all. It's Pond Hockey season on Long Island, and ESPN New York wants you to be a part of the action. Head to ESPNNewYork.com or the ESPN New York app for your chance to win a 60-minute time slot at the outdoor synthetic rink at the park at UBS Arena. Just scroll down to contest and submit your entry. Join the New York Islanders for some fun in February. Take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena and be there for every thrilling matchup. Get your tickets today at NewYorkIslanders.com slash February. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. They're really good. You know, obviously we we typically have one of the better offensive teams in the game, and uh, last year obviously was hopefully a blip on in, uh, in the road on that. So, you know, we'd like to return to what we usually are, which is, you know, a very strong, powerful, um, run-producing team. Brian Cashman on what he's expecting from the 2024 Yankees offense. See, Gordon, you, you really you really underestimate your team. As he mentioned, they are always one of the top offensive teams well, in baseball. That was not the case last year, of course. And I'm sure that he will, before. Blame, yeah, he will blame just the injuries alone. And uh-huh. injuries were a factor, but I just think it was a poorly put together team last year. And... Um, there's a lot riding on this year. Sure, absolutely. Now, I don't know that there's a lot riding on it for Cashman because it seems like he's one of the family members now and <laughs> he's not going anywhere. No, but, he isn't. you know, in terms of, of, of what they have, this is probably, they have a lot of guys that this is the last year. Obviously, yeah. Soto's the biggest one because he's only here for one year, but Glaber's uh-huh. final year, I think Clay Holmes' final year, Rizzo's final uh-huh. year. It could be a lot of changes, huh? Could be, could be. Uh-huh. Now, if they're going to keep Soto, a lot of that money is just going <laughs> to package going. all that and give it to him for the next fifteen years. But yeah, yeah, this is they have some some great strengths, uh-huh. but it does feel like a lot of the success is based on ifs. A lot of ifs. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you, and I'll start my question with if before we go uh-huh. back to Cashman and he talks about moving on from last season. If you have some health. Let's just talk offense. We're not even talking about pitching. If you have some health, I mean, Gordon, DJ, and Judge, and Soto, and Stanton. I I can't. I can't. 
I can't I mean, think that Stanton's going to be a healthy or b really good. I think he'll. I think he'll give you. Go. You'll take a hundred games from him. Yeah, I would take a hundred games because I don't think I'm going to get a hundred games from him. And what yeah. what verse? I mean, Stanton wasn't just bad last year. He was abysmal. He was. And he's been bad for a while. He was bad the second half of the year before. And it just yeah. seems like he's a guy, a muscle-bound guy. We always knew that there was going to be a point where that contract was going to turn toxic, and you were hoping it was going to be a little bit later on down the road, but I think it's already here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I will say this. Last year, the outfield was just absolutely abysmal. It was ridiculous. And I, I'm not a huge fan of Alex Verdugo, but I think he's at worst a league average outfielder, which is a massive upgrade. Mm-hmm. based on some of the guys the Yankees were throwing out there last year. You would yes. like to think that Volpe, after what you saw in year one, has a has a, 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 a sizable step forward this year in year two. Mm-hmm. Judge and, and Soto, you know, are going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. LeMahieu was good in the second half of last year, but what is he, 35 now? Yeah. He's going to be the leadoff hitter? Torres was good. Torres was good. Contract year for him, so you might be expecting some big things there. So I think the lineup, what was it, 28th, 29th last year? It's, uh-huh. I think it should be significantly better. The only question is there are some guys in there that have some some health concerns, and then the rotation as well. There's a lot of health concerns there. Lots it's, of health it's, concerns it's there. Garrett Cole and Pray for Rain, man. Yep, no question about it. Uh, Brian, what was it like to move on from last season? No one wants to go back to 23, and the only way to – to put 23 behind us is to you know have a double down focus on 24. Obviously, that's with imports, improving the roster, uh, but putting yourself in a better position to withstand injuries and and, um, and you know rethink a lot of different things, and, and both individually and collectively. So I think we've we certainly try to do that. But that's even if you're coming off of a successful year, you're you're, you're supposed to be doing that too. But ultimately, uh, I do think last year we we wound up in a bad position early in, in some cases. In other cases, just happenstance. But some injuries, I think, were probably brought on by, you know, maybe not being in the best position to start. Uh, and others, other injuries like judges in right field and in Dodger Stadium, or you know, because of game competition. Gordon, I know you don't know, but I'm just, just, just to feel for you as a Yankee fan. Do you feel Cashman was embarrassed by last season? Do you feel the fact that they were just hovering around, lucky, lucky to be over 500 and not in last place in the in the division? I, I'm sure he didn't like it, but embarrassed? No, I don't think he was embarrassed. I think he thinks that, well, I, the, the other, whatever, how many years he's been here? 24 years have, have been all been within the range of, of possible outcomes, and last year was the worst year in, in 30 years. So I don't think that he was embarrassed by last year. Should have been. <laughs> yeah. Should've well, been. if last year was a one-off where that's just it was just a fluky year where everything that could go wrong did go wrong, okay, fine. But uh-huh. but it wasn't. It wasn't well, better than the year before. The year before was completely based on how they got off to that hot start. Yeah. Which, that was the surprise. Yes. Nobody expected them to be getting off to a start where people were what was it, fifty two and twenty five or so people were yeah, comparing them to the ninety eight Yankees and we're I know. how are they doing this? Well, at some point when they're doing it, you stop wondering how they're doing it, and you're just thankful they're doing it. But mm-hmm. then the second half came and the injuries came and guys cooled off and 
it kind of fell apart, and, and it should have been expected after the way the second – if you're building everything on the first half of the season, don't you have to kind of weigh in on what the second half of the season looked like as well? Absolutely, and that's what the decision should have been made on, what happened in the second half, not what happened in the first half, because the second half superseded that. And, and really, if Judge wasn't utterly alien, that oh. second half would have been even worse. Yeah, of course. Of course. There, ha- there had to be some – some regression to the mean. I mean, he was he was he was otherworldly, and he was still great last year when he played. I know, but he got hurt, and it's all kind of built on that. And, and I mean, let's uh, can, can we talk about the rotation? What, do you have any idea what you're getting there? All right, let's ask Garrett Cole. Garrett, what do you think about the current rotation of the Yankees? I mean, so right on the surface, the top four guys are former All Stars: Clark Schmidt. Having a career year last year, looking to build on a really solid innings buildup and a really solid body of work. The depth guys I'm not quite as familiar with, but obviously are highly regarded and strike throwers, which are always welcome in the major leagues. So certainly excited to see what some of the young guys have to bring. You know, it's always exciting when organizational guys make the next step and certainly excited to see what the rest of the rotation and, and the top five guys can do. They need a huge year. From Stroman and Cortez. They need a huge year from them, Gordon, because I, I don't know what you're getting from your I don't even, even want to I didn't want to say his name. I don't I don't know what you're getting Carlos from your Rodan. free agent. I don't want to say I didn't want to say it. I don't know what you're getting from your free agent acquisition, your big free agent acquisition from last season. I don't know. How how do you turn that around? He was he was uh, there's not even the word I can think of for how bad he was last year. Well, he was hurt and he stunk. Now, the hurt is not really a surprise. The guy's been hurt a lot. But the stinking, not even league average, he was no. horrible last year. Awful. Now, there's been a lot of talk of maybe the Yankees could still get involved with Blake Snell. I think they're the one team that kind of talked contract with him, even if maybe the, the particulars of the contract were not laid out in stone. They already kind of have Blake Snell. Carlos Rodon is kind of Blake Snell. He's mm. either really, really good or he's just kind of mediocre. Unfortunately, last year he was abysmal. So he he almost has to be better this year than he was last year if he's healthy. But that's also a major question. The guy's hurt. He's hurt everything. Yeah. Arm, shoulder, elbow, back. Mm-hmm. Everything's bad. Yeah. Everything hurts. And Everything. and you know what? Cole almost sounded like Francisco Lindor he did. there. That's what I was thinking. Going along the company line. Mm-hmm. We got four all stars. Yeah. Not last year. (laughs) No, not not last year. Not last year. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Go back to the phones, Gordon. Uh, Lewis is in the Bronx. What's up, Lou? Hey, Gordon. Hey, Larry. I hope you enjoyed your day off, the night off last night. Uh, I just wanted to make a, a point, and I had a question. That, but before that, I got a disclaimer. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. I'm not a Knicks fan. But the reason why I said it is because I remember when he was coaching us and Derrick Rose got hurt, and they tried to blame him playing him. And I said, it's not minutes that hurts. It's freak accidents, and it's guys not being in shape that causes injuries. So that whole he plays in too many minutes, he hurts you guys, no, that's not true. That the other thing I wanted to say was a question because I was watching the morning buzz this morning and there was a guy on there saying that the best place for Blake Snell right now is the Yankees. And and I know I heard Mike say that we didn't have any money to even offer him, but is there like a way that we could get, actually get Blake Snell at this point? 
Well, until he signs with the team, I guess it's always possible. They have had conversations with him in the past if he were. You know, the problem, I think, is that he's in a situation where he's coming off a Cy Young. He doesn't want to sign a pillow contract. He doesn't want to sign a one-year deal with somebody. He wants to sign a multi-long-term deal. He's got Mm -hmm. Scott Boris as his agent. So if it were the type of thing where he was coming off maybe a down year, I think there might be a possibility where the Yankees could come up with a one-year deal. There's no bad one-year deals. I just think he's going to hold it. I don't know how that ends. doesn't seem like there's any market for the guy. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. You can't say no for sure, though. Of course not. I mean, (laughs) they may may get him anyway because, you know, you you have to – Gordon, Is he going to sit the, out the whole year? Exactly. He, he'll lower his price as they get close. Nobody's going to, you know, unless you go, boy, he's going to wait for injury. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Uh, and also, Lewis, I'll say this. In a sense, you're right, but on the other side of it, the more chances you're on the court and the more chances you're fatigued, the more chances you have a chance to get injured. And so there is a concern about how long Tibbs plays his guys. No, everybody knows that big-time players Gordon played 34, 35 minutes a night. I get it. I think where he really comes under fire is you're up, it's a minute or two left in the game, and the starters are still in there. That's when he really – that's when you raise your eyebrows and like, okay, really? Really? You're up like 15 with, with a minute and a half left? Can, can you take some of the starters out? No. No, and that, that's, that's the issue you have with him. That's what I think the issue is. Richardson, Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Larry Gordon. You know, Patrick Mahomes watching him, it's such a joy. But, you know, I, I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. We've, seen, we've seen Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. And this guy is still in the NFL. And everyone forgets about him. And you know who I'm talking about. I don't. Yes, you do. Who? Russell Wilson. No. Something happened to that guy. He was every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes. No, he wasn't. No, the period, oh, yes, he was three no, or four wasn't. years. No, he, they would act he was not as good Seattle. as Patrick Mahomes, no. He's not as I good know, as he, he, could do, he could do similar things. He just uh-huh. couldn't do them as a, as, as a high a level as, as, as All Mahomes right, did. I disagree with you guys there. But I thought Patrick, I thought Russell Wilson, he was the blueprint for quarterbacks for the NFL. And uh, I, I, I trace it back to when, when he got married. Once he got married, to me, in my mind, he, he was wow. I, I don't know. That's the way I look at it, fellas. Fellas, one last thing. As mm-hmm. far as the Knicks, I yes. don't ever remember the Knicks making a trade and in all my years. And a guy that I thought was a throw-in in the trade, uh, Precious, Ochoa, this guy is a viable sixth or seventh man. This guy's going to be turn out to be really, really helpful for the Knicks. You put him in the starting lineup, he gets 14, 15 rebounds. This guy is really a productive player. Frankly, I'd never heard of him. I, I mean, I knew I'd not be, but this guy is more than a throw-in. So when you consider these two for uh, quickly and Barrett, it was a good trade for the Knicks, obviously. And these two guys will be producing for the Knicks for a while. So we, we have a lot to look forward to. Fellas, always a pleasure. All Thank right, you. Thanks for checking in. There he goes. No Gogolax tonight. No, no. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, he did. No history lesson tonight. That's, no. You know. I, he, he talked about people I've heard of and seen in my, with my yeah. own eyes that, that played while I was alive. Yeah. 
That was rare for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think it might be (laughs) much like the first time the Knicks got somebody in a trade that way. I think that was the first time that's happened on a Richard Cole. Greatest field goal kicker at the time was Pete Gogolak. Oh, my God. Um, Ready, Gordon? Real quick one. Okay. Hey there, Harvey. Answers with Aaron. Gordon, he was asked on trying to keep players healthy throughout this season. On trying to keep players healthy throughout this season. What do you think the Yankee skipper had to say? Well, you know, it starts with uh, everybody coming in in really good shape and a real desire to, to be out there. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to run it all down. The, the, everybody's involved. And uh, we're going to do a better job than we did a year ago. On trying to keep players healthy throughout the season. Aaron Boone. Look, I think it's, I think it's the whole industry that's trying to crack that code of you know, keeping guys healthy. And certainly we are heavily invested in that. I actually feel like we've made strides in how we do things over the last few years. It hasn't necessarily showed up in, with, with some certain guys and results, but I do feel like we're on higher ground now than we were even at different times last year. I do feel like there's things that we can do this year that hopefully give us a higher percent chance of keeping guys healthy. Um, Gordon, you are, you are excused. Yeah, you couldn't um, even have come up with anything that no. weird. I, I, I like it. how it's we we really made good strides outside of the results. Yeah, we've made tremendous progress in everything outside of the act. We just talked about they had two hundred thousand. What was it? Two hundred thousand hours missed yeah. this pet. Yep. What are we talking? And you wonder why people roll their eyes. Yankee fans roll their eyes when they hear Aaron Boone. Yeah. No, I don't. I know why. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know you do, but okay. I know why. My friend, enjoy your vacation. Well-deserved time off. You and the family, I'll see you when you return. Sounds good, Larry. All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Harvey, Joe, thank you very much. I'll see you at noon on Sunday on 98.7 ESPN.